So I did something a little different, and I went off of the lectionary this week. So sometimes we like to do that in church, believe it or not. Our lesson today comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. And here we meet Moses instructing the Israelites of a new commandment that would become known to the Jews as the Shema. The Shema is known as the core confession of faith for the Jewish community. It acts as a summary of the first two of the Ten Commandments. Here, Moses reiterates that this commandment is calling the people of Israel to embody God's faithful instruction. The main concern of this text is not the emotion or feeling or object of love, but rather the practical application of love of God. So keep this in mind as we listen for the message of these powerful words. Now this is the commandment, the statues and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all of the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you so that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently so that it may go well with you so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> so I think everyone, I know we have a few visitors today, but I think everyone here knows that I am quite fond of music, and I enjoy t listening to most, hence the word most, genres of music. Growing up, my dad was sure to introduce my siblings and I to a very diverse collection of classics. That included The Who, The Grateful Dead, and our hometown star, Patsy Cline. It was important to have a little appreciation for rock and roll in our household. 
I can still recall several familiar tunes that he would play for us on a record player. I know what that is, I know. And one tune that comes to mind when thinking about our lesson today is the 1991 hit, More Than Words, that was written and performed by the American rock band, Extreme. Some of you may be familiar with the lyrics. Saying I love you is not the words I want to hear from you. It's not that I want you not to say, but if you only knew how easy it would be to show you, or to show me how you feel. More than words is all you have to do to make it real. Then you wouldn't have to say that you love me. Cause I'd already know. Ringing a bell now? Yeah, yeah. Now, perhaps Moses was a low-key rock and roll fan. That, that could be true. But I hear a little bit of a connection here. These lyrics echo the overall message of the Shema. The Shema is a blueprint to the greatest love known to humankind. And God's instructions for us here are more than words. That's a heavy phrase there, more than words. And it's important for this lesson that we understand it as a larger phrase rather than individual words. More than words is a bound phrase. It means something greater than the individual words on their own. Understanding the Shema requires us to read beyond the lines. We have to recognize the importance of the greater message at hand rather than depict it word by word. Now, Deuteronomy is unique as it speaks about love for God more than any other book in the Old Testament, which is rather interesting since we normally connect this book to laws, instructions, and order. From the very first syllable of the passage, God is commanding this priesthood of believers to listen. Moses emphasizes the importance of this tangible practice in order for us to fully capture God's vision for an outward expression of service and devotion. Again, the main concern of this text is not the emotion, feeling, or object of love, but rather the practical application of love of God. The author strategically outlines practical applications of love throughout the Shema in order to further emphasize the need for a physical response. There aren't any shortcuts listed here. There's no easy way out. You surely cannot download an app for this. 
This is an active pursuit of God's free and unending love for humanity so that these commandments, once written on stone tablets, would be written on believers' hearts. So taking a closer look at the text, we notice that the language appears a bit literal, direct, perhaps aggressive. In verse 2, we read, So that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life. Fearing the Lord. That is a phrase we hear several times throughout the canon. But again, this is one of those examples that we want to understand as a bound phrase rather than individual words. Moses does not intend for us to literally develop a phobia of the Lord. This commandment simply means that faith in God leads to complete devotion to God. And that's what the Shema's end game is. These instructions are about reverence and complete devotion to God, to one another, and to loving one's self. And then through Moses, God tells us to share in this practice with others and to do it often. The last portion of this passage is our blueprint. This is where the author addresses the how, the practical application of love. In verse 6, we read, Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. It's interesting that the author chooses the human heart as the host of God's love. The heart is at the very core of our being. So this commandment to keep these words in our hearts is a requirement to keep God's commandments at the core of our being. It is a requirement to internalize the commandments so that our compliance springs from the very core of our whole selves. It is a requirement to hold these commandments originally inscribed on stone tablets, inscribed on our hearts. But then the author shifts a little bit and talks about the how, how we can comply with these commandments. And the closing verses state, recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So this is a lovely image that Moses has painted here. I can see it now, you know, a happy family sitting around the dinner table, enjoying some conversation about God's amazing love. We're chatting, everyone is having a good time, no one's looking at their phones or thinking about all of the work they have to get done before tomorrow, worrying about the dishes following this dinner, laundry or bedtime routines or homework, meetings, none of that, right? 
I think everyone in this room knows that this vision is not exactly realistic. Now, it's not impossible, and if this is already a daily practice for you, then you have my full permission to stop listening to this sermon at this very moment. But Moses knows that. And he's telling us that it's okay. He's just encouraging us to find what works for us, for us to grow in our Christian faith. Because these instructions are about reverence and complete devotion to God, to one another, and to loving oneself. What Moses is trying to address in these final sentences is the importance of sharing these words with other generations throughout your day and keeping these words so close to yourself that they become an integral part of your life. So what does this phrase, more than words, really mean when it comes to loving God and neighbor? What does it mean to live with these emblems bound to our hearts? Quite frankly, I think we are still navigating what that looks like for our post-COVID world. We're still adapting. With each new day, we are learning the ways in which we can better serve our neighbors whether that be serving at our walk-in ministry on Mondays as they return to in-person lunches, volunteering with one of our other local mission partners in the area, picking up the phone to check on a friend and really listening to them, smiling, serving, learning, growing. The options are endless here because though how we might serve look a little different, the why we serve remains the same. The needs of God's beloved, they're still out there. People are hurting, which is why it is important for us to share in this task together. God is instructing us as a united collective to be doers of these words. This text reminds us that God's love is more than words. This text invites us to join in God's shared reality with humanity to love God and neighbor. God has tasked us with shaping others by living out these words. And we are called to model this commandment so that we may be vehicles of God's almighty love. Because God knows that we love, but God is calling us to act beyond these words. And by partnering together, perhaps we might witness these words walk right off the page and into the hearts of others. More than words is all you have to do to make it real than you wouldn't have to say that you love me cause I'd already know. Amen. Amen.